Welcome to Coffee with Courage. I'm a marriage and family therapist with a love for coffee, adventure, science, and who believes healing and love is for everyone. This podcast is for those who just want to learn how to care for their body, mind, and spirit. I will share my experiences as a wife, mom, friend, and give educational tips for self-improvement. Grab a cup of coffee and let your mind be filled with courage. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee with Courage. I know it's been a while. Today's topic is a little bit on the personal side. I had to take a sabbatical. I had a few things happen in my life and I wanted to talk about it. It's therapeutic for me and hopefully it'll be therapeutic for somebody else. In true Coffee with Courage tradition, I am currently drinking black coffee, a roast of Chiapas and Veracruz from Mexico. This was actually roasted in Rocky Point, Mexico, which I will be talking about that a little later. Puerto Viejo is uh, Tostador de Café, which is the brand, and it's pretty good. I think I've mentioned this in other episodes, but Mexican brews or Mexican coffee is actually not my favorite. Uh, For some reason, I find it very acidic, and it gives me heartburn. This one's not too bad. I did, well, I didn't brew it. My husband brewed it before this episode. He used the Chemex, which is my favorite kind of method. It just brings out the flavors. To me, it's the purest form. Um, That French press. I do like French press. This is a Chemex coffee and it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. My favorite kind of coffee is Ethiopian and Colombian. Colombian used to be my number one, but I think right now Ethiopian is my favorite. If you haven't tried a good Ethiopian, I would suggest you try uh, Starbucks Reserve Ethiopian. I feel like they should pay me for all the mentions that I do for Starbucks. (laughs) Maybe one day. I think they do have good brews to try if you were interested in tasting different kinds of coffee and their texture and their acidity levels and I think one of these days I want to try and invite a coffee connoisseur so they can give us their take on what it's like to become one and yeah I think it would be pretty legit. If you speak Spanish, one of my Spanish episodes I talk about uh, how to know if you are tasting a good coffee or bad one but I'm going to just speak into it briefly here in case you don't speak Spanish. A good quality coffee should have balance. So it's going to have a balance of acidity, sweetness, and bitterness. Or you need to be able to taste what coffee notes are in the, the, the bean. So how it was toasted or roasted, that is what you should be tasting. So if a coffee is too acidic, it's not good. If it's too bitter, it is not good. If it's too sweet and you, know, you put a lot of milk in it, that's probably not good. <laughs> but you should be able to taste what it was grown or brewed or, I'm um, sorry, toasted in. So some some beans are toasted with avocado notes so you have to have hints of that or cherries or chocolate so you'd be able to taste those notes. One of the things that surprised me the most when we took a coffee tour in Colombia and Costa Rica was that decaf is actually caffeinated. A lot of people think that decaf has no caffeine. Oh but it does. But I'll let you look that up so we can get back into our topic. So this topic like I said at the beginning is going to be more on the personal side. I want to talk to you all about my story. My testimony of becoming a mother and what that has been like even now post-birth, seven months out of pregnancy. Ever since I was a young girl, I felt in my heart that I didn't want to have kids. I have very vague memories of myself playing with little dolls and being, you know, the typical little girl that says, oh, this is my baby. And I was 
was not that kid. I used to blame my mom because my mom would only buy me professional Barbies or dolls. <laughs> she wouldn't buy me like Malibu Barbie or just regular Barbie. She would always have to be profession Barbie. So I had vet Barbie, doctor Barbie, teacher Barbie, anything that was a profession. So it was instilled in me that even my toys were specific telescopes, microscopes, anything scientific based. Just why my love for science grew into this passion. So I guess you could say that I was a big nerd my whole life and am still. I only had three relationships. My high school relationship, college relationship, and the man that I'm married to now. And in those three relationships, for all three, I would ask if they wanted to have children because I knew for a fact that it was not in my destiny. It was not in my books to have children. I didn't want any. I wanted to do so many other things and see the world. And, and when I met my husband, he also said he didn't want to have children. So we built our marriage around just being him and I and the dog. So even our hashtag for our wedding was you, me, and Rafi. It was, Rafi is the name of my Afghan hound. Refer to other episodes. <laughs> so it was always just us. So we had been married for a few years and lo and behold, we had a one person chance to get pregnant so we thought we were being very cautious and we do we get pregnant i go to the doctor the doctor tells me that i have fibroids these fibroids are extremely big to the point where i was a high-risk pregnancy and i know i've mentioned this in other episodes so i apologize for the redundancy so once my daughter starts growing in my womb also does a fibroid a fibroid continues to grow at the same rate as my daughter. At one point, the fibroid measures about the size of a softball. So I had to, a specialist, a doctor, a chiropractor, I had a team of doctors that I was working with during my pregnancy. And at one point it, it seemed and it felt like I was carrying twins because of the size of this fibroid. I had to be in bed rest for the first three months of my pregnancy, more or less. I was on and off bed rest. Uh, symptoms were horrible. Back pain was terrible. I mean, I was just not an enjoyable pregnancy. I'm going to make an insert here. If you are pregnant and you are are not having that beautiful pregnancy that most people have or you hear about all the time in Instagram and Facebook and there's some some women who are uh, meant to have beautiful pregnancies I was not one of them so I feel you I see you I hear you it's tough hang in there this too shall pass. I'll be praying for you <laughs> because that is a difficult moment to have. So here comes my delivery date and my baby was a few days before she was due. She came, she came into this world and just birthing her was just the most painful, most difficult journey I have ever had. And even now have a little bit of PTSD about it. And I'll talk about that in a moment. I just want you to know that if you also had a difficult birthing and you still have those feelings of, I don't ever want to go through this again, again, I hear you. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I see you. You're not alone. Every experience is different. And I think it's important that you know that whatever it is that you're feeling, even if it doesn't look the same as it does to somebody else, somebody else's journey, it's still valid. And you're allowed to feel disappointed, hurt, sad, because 
what your body is going through, you're also very much allowed to be joyful and excited and just the most amazing moment of your life. I mean, each experience is unique in its own and I just want to validate. So after my daughter was born, it was great. I delivered her naturally other than the birthing experience. Once she came out, it was great. Did have to have some stitches, but after that, the recovery wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I was able to breastfeed her and now seven months. She's turned seven months on the 25th of June. She's healthy. She's great, chunky, and living her best life. (laughs) I went back to the doctor six months after my birth and found out that the fibroid had actually not shrunk other than a few few centimeters. And it was still the size of a cantaloupe. So I was still approximately five months pregnant, it seemed like, because of the size of my uterus. And that was pretty devastating for me, just to know that the fibroid was still in there, was not shrinking. So the doctor gave me two options. Option one was if I was planning to have more children, they would go in there and try to Uh, shrink it by giving me a shot that would automatically put me into menopause for three months and potentially try to shrink this fibroid uh, with the intention of saving the uterus and being able to have children later on in life. Uh, However, this came with a big caveat that it could potentially come back bigger than the fibroid that was there, meaning it was going to be bigger than a melon or a cantaloupe, and it could actually become cancer. So option number two was to do a hysterectomy, which is to remove the uterus and the fallopian tubes. He did conserve my ovaries for hormonal purposes. So he wanted me to make a choice pretty much right away in the session. So for me, it was, I had already been praying about it because he did tell me this before when I, when I asked him while I was pregnant, what would my options be? So I had time to process. I had time to pray about it. As you all know, based on my episodes, faith is pretty big in my life. God is pretty big in my life. So I had surrendered this to him. I had already asked him to carry this for me because I couldn't. And it's funny because for somebody that didn't want to have kids, just the thought of my choice being taken away from me and to know that it was no longer an option hit me pretty deep. And I would go through what I would say the five stages of grief. They came at different times during the the last six months or seven months now. They would come and go. I would be okay and then I would be unhappy and sad and emotional. And I was just going through this roller coaster, just second guessing my choice. So when the doctor asked me to make a final decision there and then and there, I opted for the hysterectomy, meaning I would not be able to have any more children after this. And the surgery was scheduled two weeks after I made my decision. This actually happened a week and a half ago. So a week and a half ago, I had my uterus removed. The symptoms that I experienced were pretty tough. I was fearful of the IV. I was fearful of the injections. The moment that I walked into the hospital, I started feeling my body tense up. I started having a little bit of anxiety and maybe even some panic attack symptoms like heavy breathing, heart palpitations, sweaty palms. And I knew this all came from my birthing experience. So I just want you to know that you can actually get post-traumatic stress disorder from anything that's left a lasting impression in your brain, such as a 
birthing experience and I had to coach myself through it. I had to do breathing techniques. I had to pull out all the tricks that I know as a therapist and apply them to myself and they did work. Uh, But I just want you to know that you can get PTSD from experiences such as what I just described. And I want to say it was one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with. And that's the reason why I wanted to make this podcast because if you are out there having to make this decision, I want to tell you that I hear you. Again, I want to validate you because it's something that hurts and is deep and the recovery has been difficult. But nonetheless, I want you to know that you are not alone in this journey. The day before I had surgery, I had to go into the hospital and sign some papers and documents. And I remember sitting across this nurse who was doing the intake and she was pretty much reading me my rights and what was about to happen. And I remember her saying to me, you do know that once you have this hysterectomy, you will never have kids again. You will become sterile. And I had to sign the document that's that you know, that agree to to that statement. And once she was saying those words to me, even though I had already made a decision, I already knew what I was doing, I broke down. (laughs) And I laughed because the poor nurse, she was just so um, moved by my reaction (laughs) and so confused and so um, sweet of her that she first didn't know what to do. So she just kept reading and just kept um kept going I was sobbing at this point she just and boogers were coming out of my nose and 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 in my mind I was thinking oh my god Patti why are you crying you already went through this you already know what you're getting into but I think it was just hearing it out loud was different hearing it once again and signing that document was just probably the hardest part of the process and she left to make a copy of the of the paper to give to me when she returned she came back with some some words that were comforting you know she was telling me you know, many people only have one child, one one child, and they go to school, they go to universities, and they pay more attention. And she was just giving me words of affirmation, which was greatly appreciated. And I told her she was an older older nurse. Her name was Mary. So shout out to Mary. You know who you are, and I appreciate you. And I just love how God sends the the right kind of people when you're going through situations that are going to give you that word of encouragement or that hug that you need. Or and I hope this is what this podcast, or I'm sorry, this episode does for you. That I, that this is an episode that helps you feel like you're not alone and and you can feel a hug through my through my words or through what I'm saying because it is a difficult decision even for a girl like me who did not want to have children signing that document making the decision to remove my uterus to never have children again was heartbreaking so if you are out there and this has something this is something that you had to go through without having any children. I want to tell you that I am praying for you and that I am declaring that God will give you new vision, that God would give you comfort, that he will surround you and he will embrace you and he will whisper to you and speak to you in dreams and tell you that you are loved and that you matter and that you are an amazing woman. I was able to have one child out of this process and I can't imagine my life without her this seven months. She has has shifted my world upside down. There are areas of my life that I'm still mourning. (laughs) 
Um, I, I do miss my old life, but I do love my new life with my daughter and I am sad that she will be an only child. I am sad that she will not know what it's like to have a sibling. But I do know that God had a purpose in this season for me and a purpose for my daughter to be in this planet and for her to be an only child. And I find comfort in those words. And I just want to explain that to you if, if it's possible for you to find comfort in your maker, find comfort in your father who created you so perfectly, whether you have children or you don't have children or you have one or 20. I find comfort in knowing that he is with you. All you have to do is reach out to him and he will answer. Even though this this has been painful for me uh, emotionally and physically, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm, it's been a week and a half, a week and a few days out of surgery and I am in pain and it's been hard and there's times where I get frustrated because I can't carry my baby. I can't drive. I can't do anything. <laughs> my poor husband. But I do want to want to say that if there are any men out there listening, I know this journey is difficult for you as well. Uh, I, my husband has been a rock in this journey with with that I've gone through. But I also know that it has affected him in different ways than it has me. So if you are a man listening to this and you've gone through it with your spouse, with your partner, with you know somebody that's close to you, I just want to tell you that you also matter. And the, the beauty of being able to speak to someone about this is knowing that there is stages of grief. And I want to encourage you that if your heart is broken through this process, and in this season that you have the courage to speak to a licensed professional who will help you and, and, and comfort you and guide you through the steps of healing. I've had to do that on my own. I have a group of friends and a community that has helped me through this season and my family and overall my husband, but I've done you know, the good thing is that I have training in it. So I've done my journaling. I've done my prayers and meditation. I actually took a decision with my husband and my family to go recover by the beach, which is why I'm the coffee that I'm drinking. You know, I decided to take uh, to take this a step further and it's able to, to go to the beach and, and spend a few days at the beach and just recover and just stare at the ocean and do absolutely nothing and just be there around people who love me and supported me so I want to encourage you to do the same for yourself and know that uh, it was difficult and you know when I was having the surgery post-surgery when I was at the hospital uh, the nurses that took care of me were God sent they were so sweet they were so kind and so gentle that it definitely made that process so much better and I'm grateful for those nurses who genuinely care about people who genuinely love their job and who are good health providers I just bless you because you made my journey a little less painful and comfortable I was recently on social media and uh, a friend said she felt bad for me and she felt sad that I was only gonna have an uh, an only child and honestly that kind of kind of triggered me a little bit this was have actually happened two days ago before I decided to do this podcast and that was the push that I needed to to speak about it in this episode but I'm processing it and there is joy in my morning I am sad that I that I can no longer have children 
but I am joyful that I have my daughter. I am sad that I am my body is not the same through this process, but I'm joyful because I know that I'm going to be healthier because I took that decision. And it's just a matter of balancing that sadness with that joy. So whatever it is that you're going through in this season, I want to recommend that you do that. I want to advise that you do that, that you balance your, your sadness with joy, your mourning with peace, that you just find spiritual connections, that you find spiritual leaders that can help you and guide you because spirituality has a lot to do with our healing. Research has actually taught us that people who believe, people who believe in God are more likely to heal than people who don't. That's just science. And I think it's important that you just surround yourself by people who are going to uplift you in this season and who are going to surround you and fill you with words of affirmation, with love, with joy, and fill your cup so you can be good and, and find health. All right, so that's my story. I hope it is it is a blessing to someone out there who's listening. And yeah, thank you for staying till the end. Thank you for tuning in. And till next time, hopefully a more upbeat episode coming up. But I just felt like I needed to speak my piece and hopefully somebody can relate and know that you're not out there alone, that you are seen, that you are valid dated that what you're going through matters and i hope you find the courage to seek help thanks for listening until our next cup of coffee let your mind be filled with courage Mm -hmm.